the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith along with David Dawson and Damian Colado. Hey guys, happy Hello. Friday. Happy first Friday. Yes. Yep. November 3rd. Yes. For those who are making first Friday masses. Yeah. Or, or like to go to that. This is your reminder day. It always, uh, I always skip that. I don't always skip it. I don't do it intentionally. I just forget the months yeah. go by so fast they suddenly do. it's upon us yeah. you know yeah. so today so. is first friday and i am now paying all attention right. all right <laughs> let's all try to make first friday mass if we have the opportunity yeah and today is also the feast day of saint martin de porres and so we're going to say a prayer on his behalf in the name of the father son holy spirit amen pray for us saint martin that we may be made worthy of the promises of christ let us pray O god who did make St. Martin, your confessor, to enter the heavenly kingdom, grant through his merits and intercession that we may so follow the example of his humility on earth as to deserve to be exalted with him in heaven. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen. 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 We will learn more about St. Martin de Porres later on in today's show during our Saint of the Day, but we are starting off with Eric Miller at 7 After. He's a member of the Louisiana Knights of Columbus, and he will be updating us on what they're up to for the month of November, and it's a lot. We're gearing up for Thanksgiving. We're gearing up for all of the things on this giving season, so we're looking forward to speaking to Aaron, so get your paper and pen out if you still do that. I do. Um, I do. Yes, Gabby. I okay. still write things I don't. down. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot to write down later on. Stay with us for that. In 18 minutes, John Clark joins us. You know I'm joking, Dave. You guys just always make jokes about... One day um, I'm going I'm to buy you a pen. I'm going to buy you a, a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> and a roadmap. I'm going to show, show you, you how Siri works. In <laughs> <laughs> 18 minutes, John Clark joins us. He's a Catholic author. And today we're talking about his book called Betrayed Without a Kiss, Defending Marriage After Years of Failed Leadership in the Church. Interesting conversation with John that we're going to be having. So mm. stay with us on that. In 35 minutes, author Dan Burke joins us once again. He has a new book called Finding Peace in the Storm, Reflections of St. Alphonsus Liguori's Uniformity with God's Will. So some great books today. And of course, 48 minutes, Sister Marjorie Abair joins us with an update from Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. She is the president and CEO, so looking forward to the wonderful work that they do in the Archdiocese, and of course, continue, continuing on with ways to give back this season. So, looking forward to today's show, Damien, looking forward to the weekend weather report. 
Well, mm-hmm. it's going to be a picture-perfect day, to say the least, weather-wise. It's going to have plenty of sunshine, blue skies, high 76, light winds, no rain in the forecast, and we'll see wow. more of the same for the weekend. A tad warmer with highs in the low 80s and very little chance of precipitation. And to start the week next week, it should stay pretty much about the same. Temperatures might creep up into the mid-80s. Very little chance of rain until Thursday, and that's only going to be about a 25% chance of rain. It's been dry, but it's been also bearable. That's the good news. Temperature-wise, in and around the area right now, Covington, it's 41 degrees there, the cool spot. Home in Thibodeau, it's 50. In Gulfport, it's 47 degrees. New Orleans reporting 54 degree temperatures. 43 degrees in Baton Rouge. And our friends over in Lafayette, it's 43 degrees as well. It's five after the hour. Time to get up, get going. Eric Miller and our Gospels coming up next on Wake Up. Today's Gospel is taken from Luke chapter 14. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. In front of him there was a man suffering from dropsy. Jesus spoke to the scholars of the law and the Pharisees in reply, asking, Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent. So he took the man, and after he had healed him, dismissed him. Then he said to them, Who among you, if your son or ox falls into a cistern, would not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? But they were unable to answer his question. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. It is 8 past the hour on Wake Up. Thanks for tuning in. Eric Miller is our first guest today. He's part of the Louisiana Knights of Columbus, and he will be updating us on the various things happening this month, thanks to the Knights. Eric, good morning. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So we got All right, a let's start off. Coming up. Oh, man. I know, I <laughs> and it is the giving season. <laughs> let's start off with this one it event is. that I thought was very helpful, uh, especially this time of year for families. It's called Faith, Family, and Finance. Tell us about that one. It is. It is. The insurance arm of the Knights of Columbus puts on various um, presentations on finance. And on uh, November 9th at St. Mary's Hall, uh, in Covington, uh, they're putting together a program, Faith, Family, and Finance, uh, to help assist families in uh, financial planning. Um, we do this throughout the year. Um, this is a big one that's just starting off, uh, and it's really, really helpful uh, for the families and for the Knights um, to plan financially. Uh, and the good thing, everyone's invited. Um, it's open. Mm. Uh, so all are welcome to come, um, and so we would encourage folks to do that. Periodically throughout the year, I'll have other ones coming up. But, yes, November 9th uh, in Covington at St. Mary's Hall, we have a, a, the Faith, Family, and Finance Program. Um, what else we have going on? Oh, this Saturday uh, we have the Baton Rouge Memorial Mass uh, to honor those knights who have uh, passed away uh, in this past year. Mm-hmm. It's at St. Patrick's on Brogdon. Um, the rosary starts at 3.30. 
Um, we've got the gumbo cook-off starting off. Yes. Oh, I know boy. that's y'all's favorites. Yeah. Um, the Backroads <laughs> Diocese uh, Gumbo Contest is going to be at St. Thomas More. It's on December 10th, so we're a little early. Um, but want everyone to um, to be aware of that um, and so that they can make plans on yeah. coming. Um, we've got our Silver Rose made it into the state on Sunday hmm. uh, from wow. um, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Silver Rose program is starting. You can go to the Louisiana uh, Knights of Columbus website and get our calendar of is where it will be and which uh, parishes will be hosting it yet, uh, hosting it next. Um, and then it's making its way across the state. Um, then we'll go into Texas. So we have that going on. Um, we're also <laughs> pushing off the uh, Catholic Citizen Essay Contest for the youth to participate in. Uh, I think we talked about that last month with mm-hmm. the topic being how can the church evangelize in the digital age. Um, and you can get more information on that uh, at the nice. Louisiana website as well. So we've got uh, quite a few things going on. Yeah. Yeah, I actually want to read those essays because I think they can be quite helpful to a lot of people. Maybe oh, they sure. can send them over to the Vatican. <laughs> uh, just a thought, uh, just with the rise of AI and technology, I just want to hear what the uh, young kids have to say about the essay contest and this topic as well. Okay, let's talk about something that's really popular that the Knights do this time of year, and that is your Thanksgiving fried turkey dinner. That's right. We've got several councils and assemblies doing fried turkeys if folks want a fried turkey. Uh, The Bishop Ott uh, Assembly (laughs) in Baton Rouge is doing one. Um, The pickup is on November 22nd, and you could go to their website, um, www.kca2241.org, and order your turkey. Um, The Benton Knights of Columbus is doing it over on the other side of the state. Um, You can go to their Facebook page and get more information. Um, Just look when you go to Facebook, Benton Knights of Columbus Council 6103. Um, and they're 50 or $55 around to get your uh, fried turkey. And it, they're very delicious yes. and uh, take a lot <laughs> of the work out of cooking that turkey for Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, so fried, turkey is, fried turkey is delicious, but it's a pain to do. Well, for me, I, I, it's just a mess afterwards. Where, where do they pick them up, where, Eric? Where, where do they where uh, have Different. Different spots, so okay. like the Bishop Hot uh, Assembly is going to have three or four spots around town, and yeah. when you order it, you can pick uh, decide where you want to pick it oh, up. Oh, nice. Um, they try to spread it out, um, so you can go to the cathedral and get it, um, or I think there's one on North Plannery Road, the St. Thomas More uh, Council there, oh, yeah, um, yeah. and then there's another, maybe Aloysius was the other one, okay. if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, so there's a number of spots around town where you can pick up your turkey. Sounds good. I've had mm-hmm. I've had one of y'all's, and, yeah. they, and they're good. You know, knights just know yeah. how to cook. Yeah. You know, those guys cook. They great, do. So. Yes, indeed. So. <laughs> you guys. must be a requirement or something. I think but it is. Take right? a look. <laughs> it is. You got to take I mean, a cooking class do before you. Job with food. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and know many have people have ever complained about a Knights of Columbus look. dinner, no matter what dinner there are. <laughs> have you ever really I mean, bad. No. Every fish fry I've ever been to. I mean, everything. Barbecue. You spaghetti dinner. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. They cover the gamut. They always do. Yeah. yeah, Knights well, of yeah Columbus. Of, I'm, I'm, Knights of Columbus. Did y'all even have 
I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if Columbus ever cooked himself. You know, you know. Know. <laughs> he must have. He must yeah, have. All, all I know is every time Eric comes on, I start to drool. I don't know why. It just happens. It's a yes, Mavlian reaction. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> We'll have to get on Thank you, Eric. Um, poor Gabby. She's trying to <laughs> interview Eric. There's so many things. We didn't even talk about the first Friday fish fry, but we're running out of time, oh. Eric. You have so many other things to talk about. Where can people go to find out all of the information happening this month and next month with the Louisiana Knights of Columbus? You can go to our uh, website, um, louisianakc.org, um, and it has all of the information uh, there um, that we've got coming up. So I would encourage folks to go there. You can see a host of things that we've got uh, from retreats and um, cooking. So please go to the website yeah. and see what we have going on. Great. We always appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much, Eric Miller, member of the Louisiana Knights of Columbus. Thank you for being with us today, Eric. Well, when we come back from the break, Saint of the Day and John Clark talks about his new book, Betrayed Without a Kiss, Defending Marriage After Years of Failed Leadership in the Church. Interesting combo. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 3rd. Today we celebrate Saint Martin de Pours. An illegitimate mulatto reared in poverty, Martin was locked into a low level of Lima, Peru's society when he was born in 1579. At 12, he became the apprentice of a barber surgeon. He learned how to cut hair, care for wounds, and prepare and administer medicines. But Martin wanted more. He approached the Dominicans, seeking acceptance as a lay helper, since he didn't feel worthy to be a religious brother. But after nine years in that role, the community asked him to become a brother. So moved were they by the example of his prayer and penance, charity and humility. He also served as spiritual director to many in his community. Brother Martin spent his days caring for the sick and poor, whatever their color, race, or status. He helped found an orphanage and cared for slaves newly arrived from Africa. Early in life, Martin was presented with a choice, either become bitter and complain about his difficult lot or devote himself to good works. He took the latter route. Today we honor him as a model of Christian forgiveness and justice. Martin died in 1639 and was canonized in 1962. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Happy Friday, everyone. Almost 19 after the hour. Get up, get going. You're listening to Wake Up, and we're so glad you're with us. You know, the sacrament of matrimony is under diabolical attack, to say the least, right now in today's culture. And um, you got to ask yourself, the number of marriages that have dwindled over the last five decades and the amount of annulments are skyrocketing, and you're going, what gives? Well, we were trying to figure that out, too. So what's going on when it comes to the sacrament of holy matrimony, especially in the Catholic Church? Well, that's why we have author John Clark with us. He is a Catholic author, and he's here to discuss his book, Betrayed Without a Kiss, Defending Marriage After Years of Failed Leadership in the Church. John, welcome to Wake Up and help us out here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. So what gives? What's going on after uh, you, you, you know, you, you think marriage, especially in the Catholic Church, has been sacred for 
a lifetime that I, I, I'm aware of. Heck, I've been married myself 40 years. Uh, but but it, it doesn't seem to be that way when you look at the whole perspective of things. Yeah, so the problem is, as you outlined um, a minute ago, is that, you know, we go back to the late 1960s, and the church saw 426,000 weddings annually. You go to 2014, the number went to about 150, and year 2020, we went to under 100,000 marriages. So what wow. does that tell me? We, we've dropped in just a couple of generations over 75% in terms of weddings. At the same time, if you go back to the late 1960s, the amount of annulments annually in America total was about 350, about 350 annulments per year in America. Gosh. Just one generation later, that number was over 70,000 annulments per year. Oh That's gosh. where we are, and we have a problem. Why, why is that? Because everybody I've ever talked to, at least in, in my younger days for sure, it was, it was almost like it was impossible to get an annulment. Now it looks like they're just kind of rubber stamping them. Uh, yeah, I think, I think the rubber stamps are getting worn out. I mean, I think it is really sad. The problem is, is that a lot of times that people are, we're looking at, they're looking at marriages, I think tribunals, what they're doing is they're saying, well, this isn't a happy marriage, therefore it should be, there should be a finding of nullity. Mm. Well, we're not talking about happy. Sure, marriages should be happy. We should all be happy. That's what God intends. Mm -hmm. But the lack of happiness does not spell invalidity, and that's the issue. And so you basically have rogue marriage tribunals that are looking at, at, at so many marriages is essentially invalid. Well, it, I'm kind of befuddled because of the fact that why, are, are, why is the church addressing it from that fashion? And because as I was thinking and, and looking into your book, the question came, when's the last time we even heard uh, a priest talk about marriage from the pulpit? And the beauty and sacredness of, of it's one of the seven sacraments. It's a vocation. Well, that's exactly right. And I think one of the things that we have going on now is we have right now a crisis of belief in the Eucharist. That's pretty clear. Right, right. People have okay. different numbers, but the numbers are mm -hmm. the numbers are terrible. Mm -hmm. Where does that start? It started with the disbelief in matrimony. The, 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 the seven sacraments are meant to go together. They are, as I'd like to say, symbiotic. They rise and fall together. If we lose uh, faith in one sacrament, we're going to lose faith in the other six. That's basically how it's kind of sacraments strengthen the belief. Uh, they're strengthened together. They're weakened together. We need to keep that in mind. And you're right. I don't know why there aren't more, sac more sermons about matrimony after all. Who's in that congregation? I mean, these are these are married couples with families. I mean, this is this is the audience. So I don't know. It's a great question. So what? So what do we do? I mean, uh, what's been what's been whittling away or cracking at the foundation of marriage? What what has been the you see as the core problem, and how do we fix it? Well, I think the problem is essentially is that what started this all, I think, in the, in the 1960s was a movement toward contraception. Right. Mm. And so when you have contraception, when you have a push toward contraception, that happens uh, at a time where there is a denial of the primary purpose of marriage, which is the procreation and education mm -hmm. of children. Mm -hmm. So that has been objected to. So if you want to go back to sort of root cause, at least modern root cause, that's the issue. And so, to your earlier point, there should be sermons about life, about celebrating large families, 
my wife and I have nine children. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to hear about, you know, the, the, the beauty of large families, how God has designed marriage to be. This is the primary purpose. But when you deny primary purpose, you, it, it opens the door for, for many other problems. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are now. So I know when I, before I got married, we had what was called pre-cana. I'm not even sure if they use that term anymore. I think I hear the word marriage prep now is the the new terminology has that changed and if so uh do we have to go back to some of the basics we definitely have to go back to the basics that's true the, the thing about it in america right now is it's a, it's uh it's sort of a diocese per diocese basis some dioceses have pretty good pre cana some is terrible um but the bishop ultimately needs to oversee how the pre-cana is, is being conducted. One of the things that I argue in my book is, is essentially this. Pre-cana shouldn't be a few-month program that people get. They sort of start learning about marriage a few months before they're getting married. We, the priest should be teaching about marriage to the entire congregation from the time they are children. I always point out that my, you know, my first two pre-cana teachers were? My mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I would say I that would be the case. <laughs> I agree with right. you 100%. Who better is an example? Right. Exactly. And so from there, the church, should, you know, the, the priest should talk about, the, you know, the joy of marriage. So children grow up really having affection for the sacrament of matrimony. And what happens by extension? The children have an affection for the sacrament of the Eucharist. They have an affection for confession. These things all go together. And so we need to hear about, uh, as, as ch- tiny children, why marriage is good. That's the pre-cana we need, which comes with a general evangelization and explanation of the church and our teachings. John, you make John, you make great points, but what about that's not always the case for children. You know, they grow up in families where they're in a they see uh, you know, a toxic marriage and they don't want that, so they try to change that as an adult. What do you have to say for the children who want to get married and want to find their person? But they didn't have the best example growing up. Mm. That's not always the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. So that's a great question. I would say what I just mentioned applies even more to them. So I think that what the priest should be teaching from the pulpit is uh, what to look for in a spouse, even before yeah. the, 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 the kids are old enough to date. They should be hearing about what to look for in a spouse. That's it. That would be a great sermon. I don't remember ever hearing that. Mm-hmm. But if people, if you really want to prevent annulments, it seems to be a very basic thing to start talking about what makes a good husband, what makes a good wife, what, yeah. what kind of person should I be to become a good husband? So, John, what's your outlook? Do you feel like the young people, the, this current generation, uh, do they care about marriage? What, what are their real thoughts about it with the research you've done? So I think that young Catholics are going to care about marriage to the extent that the church seems to be. One of the things that I have pointed out in this book is, and I will continue to write about is, is that right now, in every diocese in America, each diocese mandates civil divorce prior to even having uh, a marriage tribunal hearing. So let me say that again. You cannot, a couple cannot sit before a marriage tribunal before they take in a paper of a civil divorce decree. That needs to be changed, because at the moment, the dioceses are playing into a divorce culture, and the problem is, is that divorce culture has become an annulment culture. So I think if we want young people to take marriage seriously, that has to start with the bishops and the priests. Uh-huh. Yeah, otherwise, you, you, when you're at the altar, you're going to say, 
kiss the bride goodbye instead of kiss the bride. I've, well, that's the name, and that's, that's the name of the book, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's it's mind-boggling to say the least. I don't know. Maybe it's the people I hang around with. We still respect and, and honor the the sacrament of matrimony. I know with our kids, um, but I I am. Is there any hope? We've got a, a, just a minute and a half left. Give us some good, positive, hopeful thoughts. Okay, there is hope. Uh, that's, that's absolutely true. And the, and the key thing is for, for us couples, so I have outlined a number of issues, things in the book that the church could change. Okay, but let's say nobody listens. That's okay, because married couples, we need to take it upon ourselves to illustrate to the world how great marriage can be. And the, the basic way to do that is to live sacramental lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I always mention to people, when I go to confession and I walk out the door after absolution, I feel closer to my wife, Lisa. Mm-hmm. When we receive communion together, we feel closer to each other. Mm-hmm. When we say the rosary as a family, so you mentioned earlier, getting back to basics, it's as basic as it gets, just that we want to get back to praying as a family and living sacramental lives. Uh, and, you know, and teaching our children the faith, and, you know, uh, that, that's how we do it. We have to take it upon ourselves to illustrate to the world. We have to sort of be icons to the world about how great marriage can be and how great God intended it to be. Boy, that's a mouthful. And you know what? And we need, and maybe the lay people need to be the leaders in this, and, and then the church itself will grow accordingly. Uh, great book. John Clark, thanks for bringing it to the forefront. The title of the book, again, Betrayed Without a Kiss, Defending Marriage After Years of Failed Leadership in the Church. Have a good weekend, and thanks for being with us on Wake Up, John. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. All right, David's going to be talking to another author, Dan Burke. He's got another story to tell about a saint here on Wake Up. Thirty-five past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith. And right now, we have Dan Burke with us. He's a Catholic author, and we're going to talk about his book, Finding Peace in the Storm: Reflections on Saint Alphonsus Liguori's Uniformity with God's Will. Finding peace in the storm. I, I, Dan, how can this not be a bestseller? Because there's a lot of storm going on. <laughs> Good morning, Dan. One of the reasons I wrote it is I was concerned that the people of God had a kind of a reminder from a beautiful doctor of the church um, about God's presence and sovereignty and provision in the midst of the storm. And, uh, yeah. of course, we know it's inside the church and out, and yeah. we need encouragement. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think the timing is incredible, inside and outside the church. You're absolutely right with with the with the synod uh, that just went on, and then I mean, then then we've got all the uh, things going on around the world. It is it is tough to stay focused uh, to God's will and God's will for us. So, can can you give us an overview? Yeah, essentially, Alphonsus uh, teaches that God wills or permits all things. Uh huh. And when we, rec- when we recognize that, we can even understand why, why would he allow, you know, difficulties in the church, as an example. Well, mm-hmm. 
in history, when there are difficulties in the Church, we tend to do a better job at defining what we actually believe, because we're forced to, because of conflict. So, you know, St. Paul said there must that, that uh, factions exist, that the truth might be known, and Jesus talked about at the end times, you know, things would, would be difficult. So, but those difficulties tend to bring about a much greater clarity okay. and healing. If you don't know what's wrong with your body, if you don't know what's wrong with your body, uh, for the doctor to diagnose, you can't be healed. So when we learn to trust that he's present in the storm, just like he was on the Sea of Galilee, we, we, don't, we, we tend to be stronger in holding to our faith. And even the lesson that Jesus taught Peter was, don't stare at the storm, look at me, and you're going to be okay. You know, it, it, it brings back, and uh, I always go back to the the Chosen, and the scene in The Chosen where, yes. where, where Christ is picking Peter up out of the water, and they're standing there talking, the storm's still going on, right? The storm is still raging, is, yeah. it, is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it, well, it, yeah, yeah. It, exactly, and, and Jesus knew, right? he knew... He would step out. He knew he would fall. He's trying to teach him as he tries to teach us over and over. Keep looking at me, and it's going to work. I, I but, tell you what. But, but if you, I tell you what, Dan. Yeah. What you're saying here is very, very important. Let me do this. We're going to break away because your phone is breaking up. I, I'm, I'm hearing every other word, but every other word really sounds good. So if, if it's okay. okay with you, we're going to call you right back. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. It, it, he it, makes some great points. He does. You know, he, there's just. There's always going to be something to worry about in the world, right? Always some kind of conflict, whether it's political, war, anything like that. Well, but sure. focusing on God and saying, he's allowing this. And that can be hard to do, right? Especially when you turn on the news or scroll through X and you just run like, oh my gosh, oh. you want to throw everything in the air? Oh, no, no, you, you um, are so. absolutely right. I, I'm, I'm in the middle of this little book that's a, a very old little publication called Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence. Oh, great and book. It is a great book, and it's right along those same lines, isn't yeah. it? You know, because it, it talks about all the things. Things that we do when it's we hard. do not submit to God's will, it's sort well, of... That's right. Yeah. A lot of the things that happen are based on our doing, it's, not it's God's doing. Yes, absolutely mm -hmm. right. So, yeah. I mean, every time we want to do our will be done, there's probably going to be some challenges. Do you ever, Damien yeah. and Gabby, I know I do this, I make these incredible decisions and then I ask God to bless them later. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't work out yeah. so well. I, I think we have Dan back. Dan, you there? Yeah, hopefully technology will cooperate with oh, us. Oh, much go. better. Now we got you clear as a bell. You were talking God about Christ, Christ uh, and we were talking about him helping Peter up to walk on the water in the midst of the storm. And you were saying some powerful things, and it got cut off. Go ahead. and Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, that's a lesson. That's a perpetual lesson for us, right? And, and he has to teach it some, some, sometimes to us over and over again. I'm not napping. I'm not... I'm not on vacation. Right. I know what I'm doing, and it's for you to deepen your faith. But but what is for you is to stare at me, not at the storm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some, we stare at the news. We stare at the problems in the church. Certainly we have to deal with problems in the church so we don't put our heads in the sand. But we always do it recognizing that Jesus Christ is king, that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is at work healing us, revealing problems so that we can be healed because if we don't have if, if the problems in the church are hidden we never get healed yeah, okay. but when they're exposed it's painful just like when we go to the doc and get a cancer diagnosis but 
when we get a real diagnosis, we can get a real treatment and we can get well. That's and it's just point. lifting our eyes up from the storm and, and, and joining and, and looking at what God is doing. So it is tough right now because of all the different things that are going on in our individual lives. Dan, I know people who are going through personal crises. I know, uh, again, as, as Gabby was saying, we're distracted by all of the outside influences the news, the, the media, um, and, and as you're saying, the, the church and such. How does this book help us to keep our eyes focused on Christ? Yeah, I mean, certainly. I, I have life-threatening lung, lung disease, okay, and, I have, and, I, and I'm in decline, and so I'm dealing with wow. that issue. Now, how do I deal with that? Do I focus in despair on my on my physical fail? You know, the failure of a, of a, of a, of a, of a major organ in my body, or do I ask the question? What is God doing in me, and what does He want to do through me in this suffering? My goodness. When I ask that, I have a different plan, right? The, the plan of God is that I offer this up for the salvation of the world, for the benefit of the Church. The plan of God is that I sanctify myself and prepare myself for whatever may come. That, that's what this book helps us to do, is lift our eyes up and say, what is the plan of God, and how do I join Him? rather than being a victim, being frustrated, being angry, which are, all the, which are all basically railing against his will. It's his will, permitted or caused, that I suffer this disease. And it's been a great benefit for humility, a great benefit. I'm not saying I'm humble, but it's been a great benefit for teaching me dependence on him yeah. and all of that. But you can only gain those virtues if you look up. My goodness, I can only imagine how a lot of priorities change when, when you're in a situation that you are in right now. And Dan, you got to know that uh, we're going to put you in our rosary today when we say our rosary this morning. I'm so uh, I'm grateful. That is, well, and that's part of looking up, right? It's well, prayer. Yeah, there you it's, go. Uh, it's, it's calling on the Lord instead of groveling. I, to me, it's not going to slow me down. It's not going to stop me. I'm going to just, until the day I meet him face to face, whatever that is, and maybe there'll be a cure, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's what we're hoping for. But you know, look, we got it. We got it. We got to join our hearts to the great sovereign King, who who loved us so much that He gave everything for us, and He's trustworthy, and He's present, and He's working. It, it's it's mm. not about the, the the temporal you know ragings that are happening. It's about Him. Mm. Now, you are talking about a major shift in the way of thinking for a lot of folks. Uh, is, is there, like, <laughs> your baby steps, is there starting points that oh, we yes. can do? Yeah, okay. of course. All right. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, it's, we, one of the things that he says is uh, he, he call, calls on St. Teresa of Avila's wisdom, uh, for whom uh, Alphonsus was a great devotee, and he says, we need to daily meet with Jesus and spend time with Jesus in the Gospels. We need to learn to know Him, emulate Him, and love Him, and realize how loved we are by Him. When you do that every day, 5, 10, 15 minutes, a half hour, that starts to build the, the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love within you, which help you to look up in the midst of the storm. Wow. But without knowing and trusting the one who has all the answers, then we don't have trust, and we, yes. are, we're, we have anxiety, and we have anger, we have... But when you know and trust the one who has all the answers, then you begin to build slowly on that piece. So that's a day-to-day solution to building uh, the ability to look up and to, and to trust the Lord. Wow, that gives me great hope. Uh, Dan, I'm getting your book. How do I get it? <laughs> uh, you can go to spiritualdirection.com, shop, 
And uh, there's also a book on how to do daily mental prayer called Into the Deep. Okay. And so those are great resources. Wonderful. Dan Burke, once again, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. You're in our prayers. Thank you. God bless you guys. All right. We come back. Gabby's going to be talking to Sister Marjorie Hebert of the Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. It's 45 past the hour on Wake Up. It is 48 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with dancing David Dawson yeah. and Damian Colado. Friday just kicked in. <laughs> <It's> a, yeah. <laughs> officially it did, yes. <laughs> Sister Marjorie Bear joins us. She is the president and CEO of Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and they have so many things going on this month. Sister Marjorie, let's get started. Good morning. Thank you for being with us. Good morning, Gabby. Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. Well, it is at T-minus three weeks, by the way, until Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. And uh, this is a wonderful way, you guys, to give back during this giving season, especially through Catholic Charities. So how is Catholic Charities helping those families in need during the holidays? Well, currently we're accepting donations both in cash or in kind for Thanksgiving baskets. Uh, We're very grateful and reliant upon the community to help us feed a family uh, for Thanksgiving dinner. Um, By doing, you can help us by making a contribution of $50 or preparing your own box or basket of items for Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, That $50 really, it helps us plan for a family dinner of four, um, or as I said, make your own basket and bring it to us, and we will get it delivered to a family in need. And a family in need or desiring one can can also be in touch with us by contacting us with information on our website, ccano.org, uh, and we, we would welcome to hear from families in need and individuals to help us feed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So you said you can actually put together kind of items for a meal. Are there specific items you're looking for? Uh, we want non-perishable items. Mm. Uh, those that um, can hold, you know, and be um, consistent and fresh, mostly canned mm-hmm. goods. Mm-hmm. or other dry goods mm-hmm. that can be boxed. And um, very creative boxes make beautiful Thanksgiving baskets. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. we've been doing this. We, we have a reliable uh, clientele that greatly assists us. And, and last year, we um, helped feed 200 families. Wow. wow. Amazing. Well, and that's an, an, an amazing opportunity to give during the Thanksgiving holidays. But of course, Christmas is just around the corner. I know it's maybe a little bit early to talk about it for some people, but uh, you are also helping families in need during the Christmas season. How are you guys doing that? And again, uh, that same way, uh, we we know there are families out there needing our assistance for Christmas gifts 
toys for children, clothing for children, and or adults. And again, our donors can register with us to participate in our Christmas givings um, through mm -hmm. contacting us by way of our website, again, ccano.org, or by calling us at 1-866-891-2210. Uh, families who are requesting assistance to make uh, Christmas a happy day for their children, their family, can be in mm -hmm. touch. Um, and, uh, and sign up, our donors can sign up to be adopt a family for Christmas. Oh, um, great. Again, the number is great, and we have a, a significant number of clients that we help year-round who are looking for these helps either at Thanksgiving and or at, at Christmas. Yeah, uh, those Adopt-A-Family campaigns during the holidays are such a good opportunity to bring your children to the store and put into perspective you're buying this toy for someone your age who may not get a Christmas gift every year. Um, so I think this is a wonderful opportunity. You know, Sister Marjorie, as we're approaching or getting into the giving season, can you tell us a little bit how Catholic Charities puts its donation for use during the vulnerable really at any time of year? Well, thank you for asking. Um, we are currently launching, we're sending out our mailers to our donors for our annual appeal. Archbishop Hannon, some 50 plus years ago, established this appeal for Catholic Charities. And we rely on the contributions of our donors to assist us in funding the 23 essential programs and services that we offer in the, in the broader community. Um, year after year, we repeat this appeal to our donors, and it honors Archbishop Hannon's legacy of service to the mm -hmm. poor in the community. And it's these funds that go directly to the services that we offer people in need year-round through through our service programs. And um, we serve more than 73,000 people around the state mm. and in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Wow. And those are wow. the funds that help to feed them, house them, clothe them, give them the benefits of uh, counseling services. Uh, it's in numerous ways, and every dollar mm from our donors is restricted to the help of those individuals who are in most need. Um, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. like to say that yeah. charity is our name, and, and that's mm -hmm. what we thrive on, the works of charity in helping those most vulnerable in our community. Mm. Yeah, disaster relief, seniors, uh, you know, uh, early start, early head start. I mean, you cover the whole uh, gambit of community. So thank you so much, Sister Marjorie, for joining us today. Where can people go to find out more information and to maybe help volunteer? Our very active and engaged website, ccano.org, and a telephone number that we can be reached 
is 1-866-891-2210. All right. Thank you so much. Sister Marjorie Bear. Uh, President and CEO of Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. We'll actually talk to you again next month to find out more updates during the Christmas season. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks to each of you, and have a happy Thanksgiving. Ah, God bless. Yes, thank happy you. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. I posted their website in the comments section for today's Facebook Live video, so you can take a look at volunteer opportunities during Thanksgiving. You know, right, these, these uh, boxes that you put together, oh. you know, she was talking about that, non-perishable. I mean, the stuff that they mm -hmm. have out there in cans and the stuff they have out there ready to prepare it in boxes and everything. There's some good stuff out there. There's a whole lot you can put yes. in those boxes that... that that can come out sure really is. good, you know, despite Most a turkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is perishable. Too. Which is perishable. You don't yeah. want to do a turkey. That's right. 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 Uh, by the way, I want to mention before we wrap up uh, the 5K Women's New Life Clinic. Their 5K fun run is tomorrow in Baton Rouge. Yes, it is. It'll be at North Boulevard Town Square, downtown Baton Rouge. Registration, if you haven't registered, they're taking it tomorrow morning at 7.30. It's going to be a beautiful day. 8.30 is the half-mile fun run, and then the 5K followed by a big birthday party. So uh, get out there Great and DJ. have a good time. So yeah. uh, enjoy and support a good cause. So again, feast day of St. Martin de Porres. Let's wrap up with a prayer to him in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. St. Martin, teach us to be generous with the gifts that God has given us. Make us sympathetic toward those who are suffering and afflicted. Pray to our Redeemer and to our Lady of Mercy that we may always be kind and generous to our neighbors because they are the children of our Heavenly Father, amen. In the name of the Father, mm -hmm. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't forget to set your clocks Amen. back. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll catch you back here Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.